0: Hello there, and welcome to episode 82 of the Food Biz Wiz podcast. This week, I'm sharing some key takeaways from my experience of emceeing the Naturally Bay Area's Third annual pitch slam earlier this month. And what I observed as I watched the behind the scenes of seven emerging food and beverage brands as they were selected, as they prepared for, and as they got on stage for their virtual pitches, the prize package was over $30,000 and the stakes were really high. And I gotta say, the pitches were excellent. In today's episode, I'm sharing what worked well, what key questions the judges asked over and over again, and what you can learn from this experience to dial in your own pitch in the future, whether that's for a prize pack or investment money. So let's get going.
1: You're listening to Food Biz Wiz, the weekly podcast for everyone in the packaged food industry. Join your host, Ali Ball, To learn how to launch, grow, and scale your business. You'll hear real life examples from her time as a professional grocery buyer, interviews with CPG experts, and listen in on actual client coaching sessions. Let's get going. All right, this is
0: going to be a good one. So as I mentioned in the intro, I had the pleasure of emceeing a live event for Naturally Bay Area, where I was the host of a pitch slam. For those of you who aren't familiar with Naturally Bay Area, they are an organization here in Northern California that connects our community of natural product makers and consultants and service providers and different folks along the supply chain. They previously hosted in-person events and have turned to digital over the past year. So they've got education, Educational offerings, virtual meetups, and obviously things like this annual Pitch Slam. While they are located here in the Bay Area, their events are open to anyone, and I highly, highly recommend you check them out regardless of where you live, especially because now all of their events are virtual. So just because you live in Sydney or London or Shanghai or New York, it doesn't mean you can't join in on an educational roundtable, say, about digital marketing strategies, right? I will also mention that Naturally Bay Area is our local version of an organization that has chapters all across the country. So there's Naturally Boulder, which was the very first location that was established back in 2005. There's Naturally Chicago, Naturally Austin, and Naturally San Diego. So all of their events are online now, and it's worth clicking through and seeing what's happening on their calendars. I will link the Naturally Networks website in the show notes for you guys. Okay, so back to our live event. We had over 40 brands apply to be part of this pitch slam, and then seven brands were selected to pitch on the virtual stage. While I wasn't involved in the selection process, which frankly is a good thing because we had lots of retail-ready students apply, and it would have been you know a major conflict of interest for me, we did end up having two retail-ready brands out of the seven who were selected. I had absolutely no influence over that process. So after selection, each of the brands were paired with a mentor who over the course of about a month or so helped them dial in their pitch and prepare for their time on stage. Then on the big day, each brand had five minutes to pitch and three minutes to answer the judges questions. The judges were a mix of experts in our industry representing the financial side, the retail side, the distributor side, the founder and brand side, and more. It was a really, really impressive lineup. So all that being said, it was an absolute pleasure to take part in this event, and I loved having this insider's perspective on all of it. So as we were preparing and then doing the live event, I couldn't stop thinking about how it might be a good episode for you guys. So here it is. I want to share a few things with you guys today. I am going to cover what worked well in the pitches. I'm going to talk about where there was room for improvement and I'm going to cover what questions the judges asked over and over. So let's start right at the top with what worked well in the pitches. One of the things that worked really well with the pitches, it was that each of the pitchers pitchers, excuse me, had a great balance of storytelling And data. So, in past pitches that I've seen, pitchers have gotten really wrapped up in the backstory of why they started the business and what they were doing for consumers. And while this is great, it does play an important role in continuing the judges or in or like convincing, excuse me, that the judges or the investors that you have created this product that has a clear market fit you need to ensure that you're actually using sales and data to drive home the point that you are a brand who is going to succeed. So here we saw examples of using past sales, past sales data and velocity reports to prove item movement. Some of the pitchers shared reports of their category and how their ingredients or their products were trending some showed numbers around the number of accounts they had or their online sales history including reorder rates and consumer retention. So I thought the pitches did a really great job of balancing that. So sharing enough of the story to captivate the judges but then supporting their pitch through hard facts and data, not just citing, you know, how delicious they are or how much their consumers love it. Now I am going to pause here because I know you might be struggling to find that captivating data for your brand. I'm going to link a past episode of this podcast, actually one of the very first ones I did way back in 2019, that's all about using data to build your brand. Find episode seven, Built with Logic, in the show notes. That will help you compile some of these stats that might be might be beneficial to you in your pitch. So another thing that worked really well was the actual slides that our pitchers used. They were really visually appealing with bright colors and engaging photos and easy-to-read text and infographics. To my surprise, I didn't see any slides that were way too text-heavy or that had too many hard-to-read numbers. And this this really surprised me. While I think we all know that writing novels on PowerPoint slides is not the way to captivate the audience, it's really hard to avoid doing, especially when you have only five minutes. I really want to commend these brands for avoiding this. And I want you to remember this when you have to put slides together next. So no one should be reading off your slides in order to get key information. The slides are there to enhance your key points. And I want you to keep as much focus on you, the speaker, as possible. In an ideal world, I think if you've got five minutes to pitch, you're only having about 10 slides, maybe a dozen max. So two other things that I really want to note about these pitches. Every single presenter had their tech dialed in. One brand even used a green screen. You know, I I recommend brands consider this for their virtual wholesale pitchers, and it looked really, really great. So one of the things that can really distract from a great virtual pitch, whether that's to investors or in a pitch slam like this or to a new wholesale account, is mediocre tech dark lighting, poor sound, unstable internet, or frankly, a presenter who stumbles through unmuting themselves or sharing their screen, it's simply not acceptable in 2021. Again, surprisingly, I still see this happen way too often. And I was so impressed that none of these brands showed up with some sort of tech snafu. So nice job, you guys, if you are listening. There were a lot of other great things about the pitches, and I will have to find out if there's a recording available for my listeners to watch. At the time of doing this podcast episode, there was not one available, but if that changes, I will be sure to link it in the show notes. Okay, I'm going to pause for a quick moment, and I'm going to drop in a word from our podcast sponsor. When I return, I'm going to cover the areas for improvement in the pitch slams, or excuse me, in the pitches that I saw, as well as four questions that the judges asked throughout the pitches. Hang tight. This episode is sponsored by Retail Ready, my online course for emerging food brands who are looking to grow their wholesale business. I've been teaching Retail Ready for about six years, and this year in 2021, we'll hit our 1,000th brand to enroll in the course. Through videos, workbooks, checklists, templates, live coaching calls with me, and nearly 24-7 access to me and my team in our private online group, Retail Ready has all the tools that you need to increase your sales through wholesale accounts. So whether that's in traditional brick and mortar outlets or through e-commerce platforms. I would love to see you join us when the course opens again. So jump on to the waitlist to be the first to know when we welcome in new food, beverage, and taxable grocery brands. You can find the waitlist in today's show notes or at foodbizwiz.com under the heading Retail Ready. Okay, we are back. Now, I do want to cover two things that I felt some of the pitchers could have approved upon, and I share this with you not to make them feel bad, not by any means, but just to bring awareness to this with the hopes that you will think about it next time you are preparing to get on stage. After all, there is always room for improvement, and talking about how to do better next time is an important part of growing as an entrepreneur. The first thing that I thought that several of the pitches could improve upon was their timing. As the MC and the official timekeeper, I had to cut off several of the pitches at the five-minute mark, even though they hadn't gone through all of their slides and hadn't made it through their full pitch. And I got to tell you, this, <laughs> this frankly was the hardest part of my job. These pitches were excellent. And I wanted to keep on listening. The judges wanted to keep on listening. We all did. So I knew they had really great information in the next few slides that they didn't get to. And I truly like really wanted them to have the opportunity to get to the heart of their pitches. But as the timekeeper and out of fairness for everyone, I couldn't, I had to cut them off. So here's the takeaway. There is absolutely no reason why you should run out of time when you pitch. Each of the pitches were five minutes long. Each of the pitchers knew they had exactly five minutes. This wasn't a surprise to them. So why did they run out of time? I mean, truly, why? I don't know. (laughs) And I'll just say this it wasn't like they were going to run over by 10 seconds or so. A few pitchers literally had like a dozen plus slides left and clearly would have taken another few minutes to get their full pitch in. So my theory is that it just comes down to practice. Now, if you were one of the brands pitching in our pitch slam and you were listening and you're like, Allie, I I did practice. I did get, get it down to five minutes in my practice. I would ask you then to look at what happened? What was different when you pitched live that took you so off your practiced timeframe, your practiced rhythm, right? It would be really important to identify that so you can avoid it next time. In Retail Ready, we talk about the importance of practicing over and over and over again. I sound like a broken record when I say this. So practice with that stopwatch, practice with the tech setup, practice and practice and practice. I, I, Gotta tell you guys, I was so proud to see that the two retail-ready brands in the pitch slam each ended with a few seconds before the five-minute mark, literally at like four minutes and 54 seconds, and I could tell that they had timed it just perfectly and that they had really practiced that. So nice job, Stem and Kayla, if you are listening to this. I took note. So that timing really was the biggest thing that I wanted to see improved on some of the pitches. Again, if you are pitching in the future, you've got to get super clear on exactly how much time you have to execute your pitch and literally practice it over and over again with a stopwatch until you come in a few seconds under that deadline. It is heartbreaking to feel like you didn't get the most, you know, get to the most important part of your pitch, the ask portion, because you run out of time. Again, I've got a resource for you here. So in a past Food Biz Whiz episode, I outlined my five steps to a successful virtual pitch. And while that episode is specifically about wholesale pitches, so, so many of the lessons in that episode apply directly to any virtual pitch, whether it's to a new retail account or a pitch slam for prizes or an investor pitch. I'm going to link that for you in the show notes as well. So the other key thing that could have been improved upon was that some of the presentations were missing key details that would have helped a judge evaluate the product, which was evident by the fact that the judges kept asking the same questions or a, a version of the same questions to the pitchers. So I want to review these questions so that you can build them into your pitch from the get-go, which means that you then don't have to waste any of that precious Q&A time answering things that could have been addressed in the pitch itself. So in this pitch slam, we had three minutes again for the judges' questions. And I gotta tell you, that time went by so quickly. Each each presenter, you know, literally had had the opportunity to answer two, maybe three questions. And so it was it was really, really tight. So the more you can address these common questions in your pitch itself. The better. Okay, so I've got four topics that the judges really dug into and I'm going to outline them for you. Okay, so first up, this was an easy one. Don't forget to mention where in the store your product is sold. So tell the judges if you are shelf stable and sold center aisle or at the point of sale. Tell them if you're sold out of the fridge or tell them if you are frozen, right? I've I almost sensed in the past not necessarily at this pitch slam but in in others that some brands are hesitate to hesitant to mention if they're not shelf stable and they have to be kept refrigerated knowing that it is a little bit more complicated than a totally shelf stable product but here's the thing the judges are going to find out the judges are not dumb you might as well address it head on right and control that conversation and you know when When pitches, pitchers, excuse me, I keep, I keep, uh, messing that up here in this podcast. When pitchers forget to mention whether or not they're shelf stable or refrigerated or frozen, the judges naturally will ask, And it wastes time during the Q&A portion. Adding in one or two sentences about this in your pitch shows that you are aware that this can provide additional challenges if you are a cold chain product, right? And it's not good or bad. The judges just want to make sure that you are aware of the challenges that come along with your, your category. Okay, so next up. Next up is supply chain. Beyond whether or not you're shelf stable or refrigerated or frozen, the judges want to know how closely you have control over the supply supply chain and what impact exponential growth may have on your capacity to source your key ingredients. So for example, if you make elderberry syrup and part of your mission is to use only American grown elderberries... The judges want to know how big of a supply there is of domestic elderberries and how you personally, how your brand can guarantee that you are going to be the one receiving it, receiving that supply, that limited supply as your demand grows. So adding in something in your pitch that explains how your sourcing can grow with your sales, uh, how it can grow with your sales growth is key. And if that's not true, right? Like if, if literally it, it can't grow and you have a limited capacity, admitting that you are aware of it and how you are working towards securing your supply chain would be key in your pitch. Okay. So along those same lines, the third topic that I want to bring up is around production. Judges ask the pitchers questions about whether they produce themselves or if they use co-backers. So there's ni- again, there's no right or wrong answer here, but you've got to share that information with the judges. The judges want to know, again, whether or not you have the capacity to increase production if you meet the sales projections that you are so optimistically sharing in your pitch. And then lastly, the judges asked multiple pitchers about their plan to get off the shelf once they did expand to new accounts, and how they were going to capture online sales once they did invest in their e-commerce channel. And I think that this is a really important one. So we've all heard that product discovery is harder during COVID as shoppers are spending less time browsing in-store. So the pitchers needed a plan on how they were going to attract a new audience as they landed on a new shelf, whether that was a physical or digital shelf. And the judges wanted to hear plans of in-store promotion. digital marketing strategies and more so it's one thing to land new accounts and it's another thing to sell off the shelf make sure that when you pitch you aren't just talking about the expansion of accounts we also need data on expansion of velocity okay remember this one of the key things a judge or frankly an investor is thinking is whether or not you are a smart bet They wonder, if we give you this money, if we give you this prize pack, if we give you this investment, and you actually do use it to grow your business, where are the holes in your business? What would break in this business if you do increase demand? Can you keep up with your sourcing? Can you actually produce enough product? Do you understand the logistics needed to transport your cold or frozen product around the country like you say you're planning on doing? Do you understand promotion and the expenses that come along with it? Do you have a plan in place for capturing sales once you do land in those new accounts? <sighs> Lots of questions going through the judges' minds. So the seven brands that pitched in the Naturally Bay Area Pitchlam were Ouroborra, Grace's Goodness Organics, Kima, Wild for Superfoods, Wild Wonder, Ugly Pickle Co and Troop. So I'm going to link all of the information in the show notes so you can check them out. I am really, really proud to say that Kayla of Ugly Pickle, who is a retail ready student, she won both the People's Choice Award and the third place prize for her company that her companies that is on a mission to reduce food waste and combat climate change. So Aleem from Wild for Superfoods, excuse me, Wild for Superfoods won second place with his Tef chips. Tef is an Ethiopian grain that is gaining popularity. And Aleem has a supl- solid supply and manufacturing chain and wholesale expansion strategy. I think that that was really attractive to the judges. And then finally, Paul, Paul from Bora, won first prize for his sparkling beverages. Judges were convinced by his beautiful slides, his hard data that shared his past success and sales velocity, both direct to consumer and through his retail partners. He explained where he sits in the sparkling water category and how his price point works for his consumer. And he shared his projections on how he's investing in robust marketing strategies, both in-store and digitally as he expands in 2021. So, as I said, all of the pitches were really excellent, and I was so impressed with each of them. I can't imagine can't imagine sitting in as a judge and having to make that tough call. Okay, my whizzes, let's wrap it up here. So remember, there is always room for improvement in your pitches, and you've got to get out there and practice and show up before you nail that first place prize. It takes grit and perseverance to grow in our food industry. And winning prizes on, or raising investment is a whole other skill set to master. And it comes with careful study and lots of practice. So I hope you enjoyed having a sneak peek behind the scenes from the Naturally Bay Area Pitch Slam, and that you took lots of notes from today's show. Come continue the conversation with me in our Food Biz Whiz Facebook group, linked directly here in the show notes, or shoot me a DM on Instagram at it's Ball. I would love to cheer you on as you prep for your next on-stage appearance. So thank you, as always, for tuning in. I'm going to see you right back here next week with an episode on resources for BIPOC and women CPG founders. It is a good one with one of my favorite guests. So have a great week, and I will see you here soon. Take care. If you've been enjoying these episodes, imagine what it would be like to ask clarifying questions directly to me and to have my assistants working through your strategy on these topics. Well, you can. My Retail Ready students have access to me live in our private online group and on our monthly coaching calls. And I would love to see you in there as well. Retail Ready Enrollment opens again soon. So jump on the wait list in today's show notes or at foodbizwiz.com and save your spot.
1: Thank you for listening to Food Biz Whiz, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you never miss a beat. Hungry for more? check out www.foodbizwiz.com. That's food, B-I-Z-W-I-Z.com for detailed show notes from all episodes. Thanks again for tuning in and stay busy.